Adam Pengilly from the City Morning Herald. Good morning to you, mate. How are you? Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. How was the weekend? Yeah, really good. Thanks, mate. Really good. These two had a great Father's Day, except Loz went to Top Gun 1 <laughs> instead of Top Gun 2, but that's another story. Uh, and you went to Leichhardt Oval. <laughs> tell, yeah. tell us oh. about it. <laughs> yeah, Clucky, what's doing? What it's is doing? N- that's not a Father's Day present, buddy, getting that, that's for sure. No, there were, I can confirm there was definitely fans who were leaving before half-time there yesterday. There was several that walked out at about the 35-minute mark when it was 42-0, and I... I just feel desperately sorry for the Tigers fans. The Raiders were playing great football yesterday, but that was just not NRL standard, wasn't it, from the Tigers? That was just way below NRL standard. So thank goodness for them. Their season's finished. Uh, They've got some serious, serious work to do over the course of the off-season. And I'm actually keen, Lords, to see how your Raiders match up against the Storm this week. I'll give them a sneaky chance, to be honest. Um, I think they're playing some great football at the moment. Melbourne just seemed like they might have had the wind taken out of their sails a little bit with that brutal clash against the Storm a couple of weeks ago, and then Parramatta were, were far too good for them. So I know Ricky wasn't happy. I wrote a story in the Herald today about the you know the the draw for the the first week of the finals. We got a six day turnaround. The Raiders got to travel back to well they travel back to Canberra last night and they'll go down to Melbourne later this week while the I suppose the Roosters and Rabbitohs have got a nine day turnaround waiting for that final at the at the SFS on on Sunday. So um, yep, fascinating first week of the finals, boys. I give them more than a sneaky chance. I, th- I think they're they're very good to go down there and, and knock off a very good chance to go down there and knock off Melbourne. I think they their record suggests that the style of footy they play worries Melbourne. Melbourne would have preferred to play another side rather than Canberra. Um, Jerome Hughes, though, if he's back in the team, he'll make a massive difference to Melbourne. But I think the first weekend of the finals is very intriguing because when you look through all these games, um, you know I, I don't think there's a game there that you, you say that. You know, there's a standout in terms of who's going to win. No. I think every game you could make a case for the underdog to win. It's a strong case. Yeah, which is what we want, Loz, isn't it? Like, we want yep. competitive games. And I, I, Friday night's going to be an absolute belter between Penrith and Parramatta. And for whatever reason, Parramatta seemed to have trouble Penrith the last couple of years. And that's going to be a fascinating game. And obviously, um, Roosters Rabbitohs to finish the finals on first week of the finals on Sunday afternoon. That is going to be an absolute humbling. I can't wait for that one. And, and like you, Loz, I expect to be a lot closer game on Sunday. I think the Rabbitohs will be right up for it. And you just start to worry about the Roosters and their injury toll and Joey Manu, that's that's a huge blow for the Roosters losing him. He's he's so important to that team. I know they've got stars all across the board, but he to me seems like their X factor. A guy who can just roam across the park and be wherever you, he wants to bob up at any stage in attack. And if he's well, he'll be missing this week. I think that's no real concern about that. Potentially missing for the rest of the year. So um, yeah, can't wait for this weekend, boys. The weather had a big impact uh, by well. By early in the day, you'd even say mm. on Saturday at Royal Randwick. But Eduardo, oh, the old. The old brigade uh, just delivering at the moment. Eduardo in the Concord to start with, 11 into 8. So joining Marzu on the second line of betting for the Tab Everest. Yeah, class certainly rose to the top on the weekend there, didn't it, Jared? It, how did they bet that price about Eduardo yeah, in the Concord know. on the weekend? That was just... I was watching that drift. And I think I was on the program Friday saying the dollar eighty-five, dollar ninety. He was still my best bet on the program. I thought that was still a decent price. And he got out to $2.70, $2.80 late in the piece there and never looked like getting beat. So... Um, it was a strange, strange betting drift. But anyway, Joe Pride's got him back. He's on track for the Everest in um, in six or seven weeks' time. So he was clearly the class horse in that race and delivered. I, I do have to say, Joe, we have to be extremely cautious about analysing the form out of this meeting. It was dead set, just a leader's day there on the weekend. Tough conditions, virtually nothing made ground. He was probably flattered a little bit by that. But still, having said that, I thought Edward would have won the race regardless. What about Zaki, buddy? Knows how to win. 
Yeah, he's that clucky. Um, again, another class horse in that tramway there on the weekend, and I was very reluctant about taking him on there on the weekend. I didn't because I've been burnt in the past trying to take him on first up. But uh, beautiful ride by J-Mac. And again, the track played into his hands. I cannot wait for this George Main Stakes in a couple of weeks, boys. Zaki v. Animo, it's a mouth-watering contest if they both end up being in that race in the Group 1 in a couple of weeks' time. And he's right back on track, Zaki. I want to give a big tick to Ice Bath. She was fantastic there from back in the second half of the field. And Profondo probably wants a drier track. So if they give him a flat second-up run, I think he can definitely improve third up. Who's J-Mac going to ride, mate? Oh, I don't know, Lloyd. Like... I've got a suspicion he'll probably ride Animo, I think, given that he's a, he's a stallion and um, his tie was good off on there. But I, I tell you what, Zaki's got his hook on the tail and he's, he's right on track with his clock's played and it's going to be a tough call for him. And whether he wants to make... Well, he's going to have to make his call now, isn't he? Uh, for the rest of the spring, basically. And he, I know he probably want to maybe wait a little bit longer till later in the campaign to decide which way he wants to go. But given they're going to clash so early in their, in their preparations, he's going to have to make a call. So um, I'll leave that to James. But he's, Who are you riding? Come on. Um... Probably Animo was, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I'd probably ride Animo. Um, I still think there's a little bit more upside there for Animo as opposed to Zaki. But having said that, I wouldn't be surprised to see, see Zaki roll him in, in the George Main and potentially in the Cox Plate later in the campaign. So he's just in a great position, isn't he, Jay Mack? When he's deciding between two of potentially the best horses in the country, um, he's blessed, isn't he? Uh, now, Knight's Order on Wednesday, this was pre-scratchings, of course, and we had a few scratchings. It ended up jumping $7, but... They knew because it was 51 into $19 when markets first went up on Wednesday last week and was too good in the Chelmsford. Yeah, very rare to see a horse that comes back after winning a Sydney Cup win first up, Jerry. But he, he was great there on the weekend. Again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but the track played right into his hands there. So I want to be a little bit cautious about analysing the form out of this Chelmsford stakes. I thought Numerian was really good. And I thought the run of the race, without a doubt, was Benno. Um, he is dead set flying at the moment. Uh, I think John O'Shea's got him going great guns. He'll probably be targeting a Metrop later in the campaign, and his couple of runs back now have been absolutely super without winning. So keep an eye on him. He's uh, he's definitely going to win one or two big races later this preparation. Well, you talk about first up. Rothfire again got a terrific record first up and was very uh, good at the Valley. Yeah, he was fantastic, wasn't he? Lloyd's had all that travel dramas, I suppose, earlier in the week with a plane delay, missed a flight earlier in the week, but he managed to get himself down to Melbourne. And um, I think Rob Heathcote was absolutely ecstatic to get him back winning after such a long journey to get him back to the truck in the first place last year. And now he's winning races again, which is great. What I will say is, boys, this three-year-old, this two-year-old form from last year and the, the spring three-year-old, I'm starting to get really, really worried. Fulham Gatter was a pronounced favourite there on the weekend. I wouldn't say she ran poorly, but she just seemed like a little bit of class below the Rothfires and zoo styles of this world. So I don't know what we're thinking about the, th- the two-year-old form through the slipper and the size and the champagne from, from last campaign and the Magic Millions. But at this stage, I don't know if it's going to be too strong. I'll have to leave it there, mate. Have a good one. We'll chat tomorrow. See you, boys.